gents and ladies, welcome to the Junior Classics. Hi there, I'm Sir Bradley Hassey, a teller of borrowed tales. Join me as I share stories of courage, adventure, and wonder. But don't take my word for it. You can find out for yourself on today's Junior Classic. Junior Scholars, thank you for joining us for the very first Junior Classic. I am Sir Bradley Hassey, your host and guide through the Junior Classics. Our purpose is to safeguard the wisdom of the classics and inspire children and families with a love of good reading. Our hope is to create a real and lasting interest in Western history, literature, and scholarship. We also want to be a resource that parents can trust to enrich their children's mind and spirit. In short, this is a rescue mission to preserve the greatest stories of mankind and the wisdom within, which has been abandoned and suppressed before it is lost forever. The next generation of leaders requires a tangible connection to their past, to be steeped in the wisdom of earlier ages, and to be built up with examples of courage and heroism and values like self-education, independence, and an adventurous spirit. If this mission is something you believe in, this is my request. Gather your children, your family, and listen every week. This is an incredible gift to step away from the busyness of life, to take a break from the screens, and enjoy the most edifying, iconic, and timeless stories mankind offers. Some of these stories are very old and are hard to tell, so your children may have questions. What an opportunity to help teach your child as we explore the classics. I promise I will do the heavy lifting. I'll bring the stories and lessons based on what is good, beautiful, and true. Your part is to gather the family, turn on the podcast, and encourage and support your child's curiosity and imagination wherever it may lead. A journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. So let us begin the very first Junior Classic. Season one of the Junior Classics is Old Favorite Fairy and Wonder Tales. The first few stories are collected by the brothers Grimm, Jacob, and Wilhelm. In the early 1800s, they developed a curiosity about German folklore, which grew into a lifelong dedication to collecting German folktales. Among these tales are some of the most well-known fairy tales, such as Cinderella, The Frog Prince, The Goose Girl, Rapunzel, Rumpelstiltskin, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, and Hansel and Gretel. Today's versions of the Brothers Grimm stories have removed much of the cruelty and hardships they were known for. A consequence of removing those things is that many of the lessons to be learned were removed as well. There is much wisdom to be discovered by providing a vision of the rough and thorny road over which mankind has been traveling for thousands of years. So let us begin Tales from the Brothers Grimm. I want you to imagine for a moment what it would be like to live in a place where there are no grocery stores or restaurants. There are no refrigerators or freezers. The only way to get food is to grow it yourself at a garden or raise animals and harvest them yourself. 
The ability to grow food is entirely dependent on having good weather. Now, I want you to imagine that winter has ended and it is the start of spring. You expect the sun to come out with its warm weather to help the crops grow. But instead, heavy rains begin to fall and fall and fall. It rains all spring and through the summer. And instead of getting warm, the temperature remains cold. Summer ends and turns to fall and quickly into winter. A severely cold and long winter. The heavy rains, cold summers, and severe winters last for two years. And it causes a famine, meaning there is little to no food for everyone that lasts eight years. How do you think this would affect your life, family, and community? In Europe, in the year 1315, this is exactly what happened. Because of the weather, crops could not grow. Straw and hay could not dry, so there was no food for the animals. Salt, the only way to preserve meat, was difficult to get because it could not dry in the wet weather. The food supplies ran out, and people began to go hungry, truly hungry. People began to pick anything they could put in their mouths and chew. Wild roots, plants, grasses, and even wild tree bark to find some food or any relief to the hunger. Work animals like draft horses were eaten. The seeds that were usually saved for next year's crops were consumed. Many parents could not feed their children, and some left them to fend for themselves. During this time of famine, people could only expect to live about 29 years. Our story today takes place in the middle of this great famine in a region in Northern Europe called the Baltic Nations. On a map today, you would find the countries of Lithuania, Estonia, and Latvia. In this region, we find ourselves in a dark, enormous forest. Birds are chirping in the air. The sun is shining, but it is a brisk, cold day. In the distance, we hear the rhythmic crack of a woodcutter's axe chopping timber. And it is this woodcutter's cottage and his family, the only humans for miles around, that we have come to visit, particularly the woodcutter's children, Hansel and Gretel, a little boy and a little girl. And because of the famine, their parents don't have any food to give them. Here, my young scholars, we begin the story. Hansel and Gretel by William and Jacob Grimm Once upon a time, there dwelt near a large wood a poor woodcutter with his wife and two children by his former marriage, a little boy called Hansel and a girl named Gretel. He had little enough to break or bite, and once, when there was a great famine in the land, he could not procure even his daily bread. And as he lay thinking in his bed one evening, rolling about for trouble, he sighed and said to his wife, What will become of us? How can we feed our children when we have no more than we can eat ourselves? Know then, my husband, we will lead them away quite early in the morning into the thickest part of the wood and there make them a fire and give them each a little piece of bread. 
Then we will go to our work and leave them alone, so they will not find the way home again, and we shall be freed from them. No, wife, that I can never do. How can you bring your heart to leave my children all alone in the wood? For the wild beasts will soon come and tear them to pieces. Oh, you simpleton. Then we must all four die of hunger. You had better plane the coffins for us. But she left him no peace, till he consented, saying, Ah, but I shall regret the poor children. The two children, however, had not gone to sleep for very hunger, and so they overheard what the stepmother said to their father. Gretel wept bitterly and said to Hansel, What will become of us? Be quiet, Gretel. Do not cry. I will soon help you. And as soon as their parents had fallen asleep, he got up, put on his coat, and, unbarring the back door, slipped out. The moon shone brightly, and the white pebbles which lay before the door seemed like silver pieces. They glittered so brightly. Hansel stooped down and put as many into his pocket as it would hold. And then, going back, he said to Gretel, Be comforted, dear sister, and sleep in peace. God will not forsake us. And so saying, he went to bed again. The next morning, before the sun arose, the wife went and awoke the two children. Get up, you lazy things. We are going into the forest to chop wood. Then she gave them each a piece of bread, saying, There is something for your dinner. Do not eat it before the time, for you will get nothing else. Gretel took the bread in her apron, for Hansel's pocket was full of pebbles. And so they all set out upon their way. When they had gone a little distance, Hansel stood still and peeped back at the house. And this he repeated several times, till his father said, Hansel, what are you peeping at? And why do you lag behind? Take care and remember your legs. Ah, father, I am looking at my white cat sitting upon the roof of the house and trying to say goodbye. You simpleton, that is not a cat. It is only the sun shining on the white chimney. But in reality, Hansel was not looking at a cat. But every time he stopped, he dropped a pebble out of his pocket upon the path. When they came to the middle of the wood, the father told the children to collect wood, and he would make them a fire, so that they should not be cold. So Hansel and Gretel gathered together quite a little mountain of twigs. Then they set fire to them, and as the flame burned up high, the wife said, Now, you children, lie down near the fire and rest yourself, while we go into the forest and chop wood. When we are ready, I will come and call you. Hansel and Gretel sat down by the fire, and when it was noon, each ate the piece of bread. And because they could hear the blows of an axe, they thought their father was near. But it was not an axe, but a branch, which he had bound to a withered tree, so as to be blown to and fro by the wind. They waited so long that at last their eyes closed from weariness, and they fell fast asleep. When they awoke, it was quite dark, and Gretel began to cry. How shall we get out of the wood? But Hansel tried to comfort her by saying, Wait a little while till the moon rises, and then we will quickly find the way. The moon soon shone forth, and Hansel, taking his sister's hand, followed the pebbles, which glittered like new coined silver pieces, and showed them the path. All night long they walked on, and as day broke, they came to their father's house. They knocked at the door, 
And when the wife opened it and saw Hansel and Gretel, she exclaimed, You wicked children, why did you sleep so long in the wood? We thought you were never coming home again. But their father was very glad, for it had grieved his heart to leave them all alone. Not long afterward, there was again great scarcity in every corner of the land. And one night, the children overheard their mother saying to their father, Everything is again consumed. We have only half a loaf left. And then the song is ended. The children must be sent away. We will take them deeper into the wood so that they may not find the way out again. It is the only means of escape for us. But her husband felt heavy at heart and thought, It were better to share the last crust with the children. His wife, however, would listen to nothing that he said and scolded and reproached him without end. He who says A must say B too, and he who consents the first time must also the second. The children, however, had heard the conversation as they lay awake, and as soon as the old people went to sleep, Hansel got up intending to pick up some pebbles as before, but the wife had locked the door so that he could not get out. Nevertheless, he comforted Gretel, saying, Do not cry, sleep in quiet, the good God will not forsake us. Early in the morning, the stepmother came and pulled them out of bed and gave them each a slice of bread, which was still smaller than the former piece. On the way, Hansel broke his in his pocket and stopping every now and then, dropped a crumb upon the path. Hansel, why do you stop and look about? Keep in the path. I am looking at my little dove, nodding a goodbye to me. Simpleton, that is no dove, but only the sun shining on the chimney. So Hansel kept still dropping crumbs as he went along. The mother led the children deep into the wood, where they had never been before, and there, making an immense fire, she said to them, Sit down here and rest, and when you feel tired, you can sleep for a little while. We are going into the forest to hew wood, and in the evening, when we are ready, we will come and fetch you. When noon came, Gretel shared her bread with Hansel, who had strewn his on the path. Then they went to sleep, but the evening arrived, and no one came to visit the poor children. And in the dark night, they awoke, and Hansel comforted his sister by saying, Only wait, Gretel, till the moon comes out. Then we shall see the crumbs of bread, which I have dropped, and they will show us the way home. The moon shone, and they got up, but they could not see any crumbs, for the thousands of birds which had been flying about in the woods and fields had picked them all up. Hansel kept saying to Gretel, We will soon find the way, but they did not. And they walked the whole night long and the next day, but still they did not come out of the wood. And they got so hungry, for they had nothing to eat but the berries which they found upon the bushes. Soon they got so tired that they could not drag themselves along, so they lay down under a tree and went to sleep. It was now the third morning since they had left their father's house, and they still walked on, but they only got deeper and deeper into the wood, and Hansel saw that if help did not come very soon, they would die of hunger. As soon as it was noon, they saw a beautiful snow-white bird sitting upon a bough which sang so sweetly that they stood still and listened to it. It soon left off, and spreading its wings flew off, and they followed it until it arrived at a cottage, upon the roof of which it perched. And when they went close up to it, they saw that the cottage was made of bread and cakes, 
and the window panes were of clear sugar. We will go in there and have a glorious feast. I will eat a piece of the roof, and you can eat the windows. Will they not be sweet? So Hansel reached up and broke a piece off the roof in order to see how it tasted, while Gretel stepped up to the window and began to bite it. Then a sweet voice called out in the room, Tip-tap, tip-tap, who raps at my door? And the children answered, The wind, the wind, the children of heaven. And they went on eating without interruption. Hansel thought the roof tasted very nice, and so he tore off a great piece, while Gretel broke a large round pane out of the window and sat down quite contentedly. Just then the door opened, and a very old woman, walking upon crutches, came out. Hansel and Gretel were so frightened that they let fall what they had in their hands. But the old woman, nodding her head, said, Ah, you dear children, what has brought you here? Come in and stop with me, and no harm shall befall you. And so saying, she took them both by the hand and led them into her cottage. A good meal of milk and pancakes with sugar, apples, and nuts was spread on the table. And in the back room were two nice little beds, covered with white, where Hansel and Greta laid themselves down and thought themselves in heaven. The old woman had behaved very kindly to them, but in reality, she was a wicked witch who waylaid children and built the bread house in order to entice them in. But as soon as they were in her power, she killed them, cooked and ate them, and made a great festival of the day. Witches have red eyes and cannot see very far but they have a fine sense of smelling, like wild beasts, so that they know when children approach them. When Hansel and Gretel came near the witch's house, she laughed wickedly, saying, Here come two who shall not escape me. And early in the morning, before they awoke, she went up to them and saw how lovingly they lay sleeping, with their chubby red cheeks, and she mumbled to herself, "Mm, That will be a good bite. Then she took up Hansel with her rough hand, and shut him up in a little cage with a lattice door, and although he screamed loudly, it was of no use. Gretel came next, and shaking her till she awoke, she said, Get up, you lazy thing, and fetch some water to cook something good for your brother, who must remain in that stall and get fat. When he is fat enough, I shall eat him. Gretel began to cry, but it was all useless, for the old witch made her do as she wished. So a nice meal was cooked for Hansel, but Gretel got nothing else but a crab's claw. Each morning, the old witch came to the cage and said, Hansel, stretch your finger that I may feel whether you are getting fat. But Hansel used to stretch out a bone, and the old woman, having very bad sight, thought it was his finger, and wondered very much that it did not get fat. When four weeks had passed, and Hansel still kept quite lean, she lost all her patience and would not wait any longer. Gretel, get some water quickly. Be Hansel fat or lean, this morning I will kill and cook him. Oh, how the poor little sister grieved as she was forced to fetch the water, and how fast the tears ran down her cheeks. Dear good God, help us now. Had we only been eaten by the wild beasts in the wood, then we should have died together. But the old witch called out, Leave off that noise. It will not help you a bit. So early in the morning, Gretel was forced to go out and fill the kettle and make a fire. First we will bake. However, I have already heated the oven and kneaded the dough. 
And so saying, she pushed poor Gretel up to the oven, out of which the flames were burning fiercely. Creep in and see if it is hot enough, and then we will put in the bread. But she intended, when Gretel got in to shut up the oven and let her bake, so that she might eat her as well as Hansel. Gretel perceived what her thoughts were and said, I do not know how to do it. How shall I get in? You stupid goose, the opening is big enough. See, I could even get in myself. And she got up and put her head into the oven. Then Gretel gave her a push so that she fell right in. And then shutting the iron door, she bolted it. Oh, how horribly she howled. But Gretel ran away and left the ungodly witch to burn to ashes. Now she ran to Hansel and opening his door called out, Hansel, we are saved. The old witch is dead. So he sprang out like a bird out of his cage when the doors opened, and they were so glad that they fell upon each other's neck and kissed each other over and over again. And now, as there was nothing to fear, they went into the witch's house, where in every corner were caskets full of pearls and precious stones. These are better than pebbles, said Hansel, putting as many into his pocket as it would hold. While Gretel thought, I will take some home too. And filled her apron full. We must be off now and get out of this bewitched forest. But when they had walked for two hours, they came to a large piece of water. We cannot get over. I can see no bridge at all. And there is no boat either. But there swims a white duck. I will ask her to help us over. And she sang, Little duck, good little duck, Gretel and Hansel, here we stand. There is neither style nor bridge. Take us on your back to land. So the duck came to them, and Hansel sat himself on, and bade his sister sit behind him. No, that will be too much for the duck. She shall take us over one at a time. This the good little bird did, and when both were happily arrived on the other side, and had gone a little way, they came to a well-known wood, which they knew the better every step they went. And at last they perceived their father's house. Then they began to run, and bursting into the house, they fell on their father's neck. He had not had one happy hour since he had left the children in the forest, and his wife was dead. Gretel shook her apron, and the pearls and precious stones rolled out upon the floor, and Hansel threw down one handful after the other out of his pocket. Then all their sorrows were ended, and they lived together in great happiness. My tale is done. There runs a mouse. Whoever catches her may make a great, great cap out of her fur. What we can learn from the story today is to be very thankful for the world of abundance we live in. Most of us have more than we want or need. It is also important to prepare for when hard times come, and they always do in some way. A simple way to prepare and gain an appreciation of food and where it comes from is by starting to grow your own food. This is also a very important and underrated skill. You can start super simple by growing a few vegetables from seeds in some pots indoors. And from there, you can start a small garden. A few years ago, my family started a garden. It is a great activity to do together. And it is amazing how much food you can grow in such a small space. Until next time, I am Sir Bradley Hassey. Be brave, be loyal, and speak the truth. Now for you parents out there, 
I want you to understand why we are doing this, what we are trying to achieve, and how you can help us. This is a rescue operation to preserve the classics and the wisdom within before it is lost forever. Our goal is to inspire children with a love of good reading by safeguarding and breathing new life into the greatest stories in history and empower you, the parents, with a resource you can trust to enrich your child's mind and spirit. We don't want these stories and the wisdom within to be forgotten so our children don't have to learn these lessons on their own. The most important thing you can do for us is to spread the message and tell others about these stories and what we are doing. If you want to donate, we would love that as well. My promise is that 100% of donations will go to building the impact and quality of the Junior Classics. If you have feedback and thoughts on how we can do things better, please send an email to junior classics podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.